0: Ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday. This is episode 37. Big Trust! End of regulation, sports and entertainment, the movement that's thinning the herd and changing the movement altogether. Happy fucking Cyber Mondays. Uh, if you were not able to, there's still time, but I hope you took advantage of officially drowning your sorrows today uh, by spending a bunch of money that you don't have to fill that void in your life. I'm a victim, so it's okay to say this, uh, so don't feel bad about yourself. And I know some others that added to their credit card debt today. The likes of Tommy Lasagna down in Richmond. How we doing, kid? i um, good. Actually, you're wrong there because you can't add to your credit
1: card debt if it's already maxed out.
0: Oh, okay. So you went straight into the savings.
1: Yeah, I actually did my spending on uh, Black Friday
0: ahead of Cyber Monday, so. Ah, nice. All right. Well, uh, the next individual up, uh, and I'm excited to hear about his spendings. Live from maybe Florida, but maybe Bernardsville, but maybe New York. Where in the world is Dickie? Harry Douglas, how we doing?
2: Honestly, I think it's just best that you guys don't know where I am (laughs) ever, ever. You shared your location, brah. I, yeah, but Tom doesn't know my location. He's not. A, he's, <laughs> I don't, he doesn't have me on Find My Friends. Uh, not yet. I think I have get it. But yeah, yeah, I did. I did splurge a little bit today. So, um, I needed a TV. I didn't think there's any better time to get a TV than Cyber Monday, and figure I'll have it for you know five, ten years, something like that. It wasn't too bad. I Didn't break the bank.
1: What brand did you get?
2: Samsung, forty-three inch. Nice. Big 4K. Big I'm about to, I'm about to become like ten times better at Call of Duty now.
0: Oh, I like I that. It, com- like I, it that. doesn't
2: come. It doesn't come till tomorrow. Free delivery. All good. We'll be back and we'll be Open back in no shipping. time. That's
0: what I'm talking about. Can I get it in your mailbox?
2: I could have gotten same day shipping, but I I waited a little bit too long. I had a little bit of cold feet at about 10 a.m. and then at like 2 p.m. I decided to pull the trigger. Good for you, man. That's American consumerism at its finest.
0: Well, let's give these consumers the biggest cyber deal of them all and kick off this week's episode. I think Joe Flacco
3: is actually a very elite quarterback. I supposed to be the franchise player and we are in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and um, kick it off, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we like to give you some insight on what we're going to talk about. So, here's our agenda we've got some banner, kick it off with some story time, uh, entertainment updates, and more. We're going to talk to you a little bit about the NFL, quick hits, and updates. We're going to then wrap things up with some college football, addressing the elephant in the room or the lack thereof, plus a conference championship weekend preview. So, Let's go ahead and just get straight into it. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of stories. Got a quick short one here for you uh, that I experienced during my Thanksgiving travels. What should have been a five and a half, six-hour trip with Max Krauss turned into nine and a half hours. Um, Fifteen accidents, ten of which were in New Jersey. So if that tells you anything, Jersey people can't drive. Um... Only to arrive home to have a four by four block radius uh, closed off, and a police officer telling me I was not able to go home uh, because two gang members gunned each other down in front of my building. So, good, good. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, if I learned anything, it's to always splurge and buy plane tickets because it's not worth driving anywhere, anytime. But nonetheless, That's my story for you. Uh, This all happened at my apartment right in the midst of Zoo Lights. Now, if you don't know what that is, Smithsonian Zoo, free entry. They put up lights all over the zoo to decorate it. Quite spectacular. Uh, Advise you to check it out. But gang members gunning each other down at Zoo Lights. If I'm a gang banger and I find out that one of my homies is at Zoo Lights, you're done that's not gang gang <laughs> that is not gang gang jesus but that's all i gotta say let's move on now that things are warmed up uh tom brought this up and as we are in the season of christmas and the the season of giving we wanted to discuss the ultimate question what is the best or the ultimate purchase that you've ever made And this, we would love to hear from all of you, so make sure to shoot us a DM so that we can hear, but you're going to hear a little insight on what our ultimate purchases were.
2: Mine is not a purchase I made for myself in the spirit of Christmas and the holidays and all that good stuff. I uh, once, I forget what birthday was for, it was my brother's birthday, got him a authentic Miami Sean Taylor jersey with the name stitched on the back. The two six on both sides, Nike, like the old school two thousand one jersey. Probably the coolest thing I've ever gotten for someone. Um, I don't really buy myself cool stuff, so that's that's not that's my best purchase ever. That's pretty dope.
0: This was this was a hard one, you know. Like you kind of think about it, you know. Everybody has that one pair of pants that they ride and die with till the end. There's always that one pair of shoes that's broken in, that's just bomb diggity. Or that piece of electronic equipment that you love. But I don't know, man. I It took me a really long time, and I think what I came upon is, uh, and it's such a cop-out, and I'm, like, conforming to corporate America, Uh-oh. but my fucking Alexa, man. Oh, I, okay. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Here's the thing is I have it set up to my Sonos, which is also a dope buy. It's set up to my Hue lights, which control all the lights in my apartment from an app or, you know, the Alexa itself. Um, So it's kind of a a trade of multiple tools, uh, of all tools, I should say. I'm a tool, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, I think, like, it's the one thing that, like, you can ask any question. When you're lonely, it'll talk to you. It connects to all the electronics that you have. I think... It was, like, 40 bucks.
2: Gardner, I think you're probably in the, like... 10%, maybe 5% of people who buy an Alexa and actually do those things. Like, actually set so, it yeah. up how it's meant to be set up. I think most people, like the sheeps of the world, just go, Alexa, play Rolling Stones. And then, like, that's it. Like, that's all they ever use it for. Oh, goodness. It's actually but the, hilarious. But the thing is, that you is say the that.
0: speaker on it sucks. So, like, I have a Sono set up in my living room, I have a Sono set up in my bedroom for when things get. I have a and you got that all controlled on one device. It's not like a faded blurred, muffled sound coming from Alexa spitting the rolling stones. It's like you're sitting in a fucking concert,
1: yeah, your setup is pretty nice. I will agree um you you got it down to a T if you're gonna do it that way or if you're gonna have an Alexa, I think you need all of that because we have one at our house, and i have I don't think I've used it once. But- <laughs> And just until this past weekend, uh, we had the girl's family over. We were having a good time, coming off dinner, a few drinks, and we were abusing Alexa. Well, it's like, how girl. many
0: times can I pleasure myself before it becomes a health hazard? Tom, I, Tom, <laughs> I, I. family was here. We were literally, <laughs> that, that's what I was getting at. It was literally just like, you know, her dad's a big stones guy, so he was just like, Alexa play this song. Alexa, play this song. You know what the best thing about it is, is that those all are recorded. All the questions that you ask are recorded. Oh, I've said, I've said some bad things. Yeah.
2: Well, okay, Tom, but I just want to bring this up because I did happen to see Sam's, I believe it was her Snapchat story. And you, my friend had a few more than a couple of drinks. I had probably like 13 bourbons. Yeah. See, Tom was on the on the couch, like head nodded back, eyes closed. I think he was singing a song.
1: I was singing. But there was
2: there was nobody driving the car at that point, buddy. No,
1: I. uh, The video made me look a lot worse than I actually was. I promise. Uh Wells Wells Well's was in
0: Tesla mode. Just autonomous vehicle no one behind the fucking wheel oh goodness
1: all right well anyways back to the initial question the greatest purchase i've ever made hands down is my mattress because when i was fresh out of school uh i moved out you know on my own now living and i didn't think mattress is anything important so i bought the cheapest one i could find and within a month the thing had already gone to shit hated it then garrick dawson literally pissed in it so I needed a new one, and I said, you know what? Fuck it. I might as well just get my own, you know, put a little money into this. And I got like a tempur mattress. literally changed my life because
0: nothing is more important than a good night's sleep. I will say, as we approach our uh, adult years, having a bed that you can get into and you wake up feeling refreshed is the ultimate goal goat situation so i respect i respect that as your ultimate purchase because having slept on single mattresses and you know preparatory school mattresses ugh, 1% uh one percent problems uh it fucking sucks a bad mattress is a bad life correct and that's that's where i'd get my uh best purchase from All right, well, we want to hear from you guys, so make sure to send us some DMs on Instagram so that we can hear from you and what your ultimate purchases were. I asked my fiancé, ultimate cop-out. It was like a pair of jeans or a bag, Um, but I guess that just sort of draws the line between males and females.
2: That's a a pretty materialistic response.
0: Yeah, all right, well, next up... I wanted to just quickly update you guys uh Entertainment Corner. I throw this in here every once in a while, something that I see that I like. Um, recently watched Muscle Shoals, a documentary about fame that came down in Alabama. Uh, there are very few things that I watch that I am uh, not a huge critic of. <clears throat> I gave this a 10 for 10, potentially one of the best documentaries I've seen in 27 years of living. It is about fame and Muscle Shoals Sound Studios. They birthed, rebirthed, discovered the likes of Greg Allman, Jimmy Cliff, Aretha Franklin, which was her final film appearance, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, uh, Steve Winward, Alicia Keys, and and much more. The film takes you through the journey of these just down, south, soul-driven white dudes uh, that had a passion for music. And they started these studios, and there was something about the sound—it's inexplicable. You know, Keith Richards is quoted in there saying, "I've never found sound in any other place in my life while I'm making music like this." And there's all these, you know, conspiracies about women singing in the rivers and these myths and spirits and blah blah blah. But the bottom line is, <clears throat> you have some incredible songs that came out of here. Leonard Skinnerd uh, recorded some of their first stuff there. Wild Horses was recorded there right before they got, you know, fully banned from the United States, but it is a must check out documentary. Uh from beginning to end, it'll keep you entertained and just a killer soundtrack nonetheless. So, make sure you go check it out. Um one of my favorite lines in it is Paul Simon reached out cuz he heard a bunch of songs coming out and he said I want those 3 Soul Brothers just funking up my album. And the response was, that's fine, but they're white as snow. And it was just these three dudes from the South, skinny, almost like crackhead looking that just could groove. So make sure to check it out. It's called Muscle Shoals. Don't want to miss it. Came out in 2013, so I'm behind the ball. But, uh, Is that on Netflix? Uh, it might be. I'm not sure. I don't know where I saw it. I walked in, and that was the movie of choice that was chosen, so... I rode with it. But Alrighty check it out. Guys. So, moving on. Last thing we got here before we do some quick hits with the NFL. Member Mondays, bringing it back. Don't know if you guys recall, but uh, Furbies. They were a big thing back in the 90s. Um, potentially one of the most horrifying creations of all. Not sure what the fuck they were thinking. Essentially just like little gremlins. And if you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Um... But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was just a different time, but a scary time. Yeah, I don't know who okayed those things. My sister had one
1: and it would just it had it had like a I don't know if it was like a dial setting or whatever, but it would just randomly like go off in the middle of the night and our bedrooms were like adjacent to each other, so you could like hear it going off in the middle of the night and it would wake me up and scare the shit out of me and I'm pretty sure if I saw one or heard one today, it would still scare me, but I, I agree with you. I don't know where they came from, who thought they were a good idea, but to this day, it's one of like the few things that I'm still scared Dude,
0: of. Dude, fast forward, I have two younger brothers, two younger cousins, and they have these things called hatch hatch animals or something now that are essentially furbies, but that you hatch from birth. Like The egg cracks open, these little fuckers come out, you have to feed them. They make those weird interactive noises just as you speak of. It's a living nightmare. And I don't know why this has continued, but it needs to end. Because if you've seen Gremlins, you know. If you know, you know. Don't feed them after midnight or whatever the fuck it is. Something along those lines. All right. Let's talk NFL. Uh, Hence the title. We've got a lot to talk about, but a little to talk about. Quantity not or quality not quantity. There we go. You got it. All right, road to the Super Bowl now goes through Baltimore. If you haven't stayed up to date, the Ravens they're legit. The Pats lost on Saturday or uh yeah, Saturday night to the Texans 28-22. And uh the scariest part of it all has to be kind of the cockiness and the chemistry that we're seeing come from this Ravens team. <clears throat> you saw it from draft day itself excuse me when Lamar was drafted and he said you bet they'll get a Super Bowl out of me uh to the dances to the planting of the flag to the you know big trust movement so want to turn it over to you guys quickly to talk a little bit about this legit Ravens team what the future holds for them and more importantly kind of what uh the future holds for TB12 in the Pats
2: I can I can talk to Baltimore for a minute. I I think they're a really good team, and and Gardner hit the nail on the head. Their chemistry is, is is pretty unique. Uh, you don't really see the kicker kind of getting in on like the, the jokes or the trends of the whole team. But like when he is, you know, you know things are good. Especially and Justin Tucker. Especially Justin Tucker, who really is you know very arguably the best best kicker in the NFL, but. It just it's it's interesting to see. It's cool to see. I think it's a fun team to watch. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we all remember Mike Vick growing up, and 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 Lamar Jackson has everything that Mike Vick had. He's got the 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 wrist flick for sixty yards. He's got the jukes. He's got everything that you want uh, for a quarterback like that. Um, And I just think, I really do think they're the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, their record proves it. The teams they've beaten only proves that even more, having beat the Texans, the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. And I think it's it's awesome. I I think it's great to see um, a team like this, you know, just putting on, like, no one, you know, no one really thought they'd be in this position. Everyone doubted Lamar. And the best thing I got to love about Lamar Jackson, you know, he wore the T-shirt in the post-game press conference and said, Nobody cares. Work harder. And from what everybody says, this dude is like first one in, last one out. Every single day is like watching watching films, studying the playbook, studying the defense, you know, doing everything he can to make the team better. And like, you know, as a guy who doesn't love the, the athlete who makes sure that everything he's doing is on social media, like, I don't know, LeBron James is, comes to mind. Um, you know, I, I just love to see it. I respect the hell out of it.
0: I, I really wish we could cue this video of him because I saw it today, and it's a true testament to just this season and him, you know, having said, I don't care where I landed, I'm excited to be in Baltimore, and they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Um, you know, did they think that it was going to come in the first year? Probably not, but here we are watching something pretty uh, pretty electric happen. Yeah, I mean, the the
1: craziest part about all this is that Lamar is the humble one, which... When you you know when when you just think of his his persona and his play, um you know you'd expect him to be just as flashy off the field almost, but he he really is humble. And as much as I've hated on him, um yeah, it does bother me. It worries me a little bit that the Super Bowl goes through Baltimore at the moment. Granted, they still have um, a pretty tough schedule. They have to go to Buffalo next week, which could be a nice little trap game. You never know. Short week um but we'll see i'm not not to shoot them down but more more importantly i need to talk about the patriots here and it might be time to not hit the panic button but like dig in dig into the cabinet underneath the sink and find where the panic button is just in case we might need it because not only is our offense you know st- stagnant at best but we don't have a kicker, and ever since Goskowski got hurt, we've just been—it's been a fucking wagon wheel circling in and out. I think we've had like four kickers this year, none of which have been very good. But granted, you know, in week 13 of the season, are you really going to strike gold on a free agent kicker? Yeah, no. they
0: just waived their fourth kicker, Kai Forbath, Forbath I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and as Tom said— as a kicker it's an important part of the game and those are easy points um and to not have those is detrimental yeah i mean granted our defense wasn't i mean the texans
1: played a hell of a game if you watch the game uh you know, deshaun really it, it, it was his signature it, it was probably one of his most signature wins in his young career so far big primetime game against patriots uh bill o'brien you know expatriate ties there so it was a big win for Houston and they held on to um, first place in the division for them which is good but um, I mean I think the the worst part about this is now we turn right around and we're hosting Kansas City this week whose offense has been on firing on all cylinders lately ever since Mahomes kind of came back and, and, and healthied up so I think this week is going to be a very big test especially because we really can't afford to lose this game Given you, given the fact that Buffalo is, I think they're like eight and three, nine and three now, nine and three, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, granted they are playing Baltimore, they're probably going to lose this weekend. But I don't, I don't want to have our our season come down to the last game of of uh, I think the week seventeen we play Buffalo. So like, I really don't want that to come down to where our season is. But the fact of the matter is, the Patriots do not have any options at wide receiver. I know we have Julian Edelman, but the fact of the matter is he's like
0: 5'9", and he's 32. This brings up a good piece of conversation. Um, We all saw the video. (laughs) Multiple outlets released it. Tom Brady giving a verbal lashing to his, and I say this in air quotes, fleet of receivers. Um, Do you have concern about the chemistry of the team? I know that obviously... You know, targets is a huge issue, but um, obviously in the past, Tom's been able to get it done, and I think because of his tenure and just being a veteran on the team, he's he's managed to keep things together, but this was kind of a glimpse of him that we rarely get to see, so I, I want to hear from you.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's any doubt that there's a bit of a chemistry issue. Brady, I think, I don't know if it was after his interception or it was just a 3 and out, but he kind of came off and like flipped not through, but kind of like slowly flipped his helmet behind him. And it was visibly frustrated. And then there was that whole clip of him chewing out the receivers. But the fact of the matter is like we're mid-season now. We're playing with a first round rookie who missed half of the year in uh, Nikhil Harry. We have Jacoby Myers, who was an undrafted rookie. And then we have Mohamed Sanu, who we picked up week eight or week nine. So we're really playing with, you know, very little, and there's even less chemistry between Brady and these this year's receivers with respect to most years past, and that's kind of where the offensive issues are coming from. It's like they're not really getting open, they're not creating separation, and you know, it, it's just a combination of not being on the same page and not having enough experience. So. It's just a very tough spot for us. I'm really hoping that we can start running the ball more effectively now that our offensive line is getting healthy uh, because I really don't see us just going toe-to-toe
0: anymore in the passing game, at least at this point in time. Well, uh, I think one of the things to highlight, add some humor to a non-humorous situation, is Antonio Brown sitting at home, bored as fuck, tweeting in despair uh hoping that robert Kraft hears his cries you know he went as far as tweeting a picture of him or a video i believe scoring you know the one touchdown that he had for new england um and so again you know it's the ghost of antonio brown continues to keep on giving so (laughs) we'll keep we'll keep watching i think that's something that we can all enjoy um something else to mention There were almost 10,000... I'm going to round up. That's how much I dislike Philadelphia. Uh, 10,000 Philly fans that signed a petition to make the team walk home after losing to Miami. Now, my other suggestion is that the petition calls for Nick Foles to join them on the walk home because he was benched for the season by Gardner Minshew. Harrison rocking the Minshew mustache uh thought it was fitting but a couple couple big stories Miami picking up another win uh Minshew taking Nick Foles that f- you know said to be franchise quarterback for that team um putting him on the bench to warm that spot so a lot a lot of uh a lot of despair going on Antonio Brown Eagles and Nick Foles
2: yeah I, I just think the the You know, the best talking point about all of this, uh, you know, regardless of it's Philly, is is the NFC East playoff race is like the biggest gong show on on Earth. Um, It doesn't really seem like anybody wants to make a playoff set at NFC East. And this is a division that less than a decade ago was probably the most feared division in football. Um, You know, when back that was really back when Tony Romo was leading the Cowboys. That was when Mike Vick made his return. To, to the NFL with Philadelphia and they had Deshaun Jackson and uh, Shady McCoy, you know, back when they were in their primes and, and uh, Mike Vick was an, all, uh, was an all-pro player that year or pro bowler that year and the Giants were the Giants and there was the Eli Manning, it was like the you know, this, this stout defense and Super Bowl winning Giants. You know, fast forward to 2019 and you've got, you know, two teams at 500, the Giants are two and you know, God knows what. And the Redskins are the Redskins, and, and nothing ever changes there, but
1: they are it, it's just seem though,
2: yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, maybe the Redskins will come in and win the division. I don't even know at this point it's it's literally anyone's guess It's just incredible um, what's happened to this division, and they're all for the most part big market teams, and none of them are producing, and they all lose games that they should and be if winning. You,
0: if you look at it honestly. Dissect it, you know, with everything that's happened with these teams, the turning over of the office, the turning over of quarterbacks, of, you know, trades and cuts, waivers, all of it. It continues to point at the ownership for all of these teams. Now, you can maybe potentially put an asterisk next to the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys
2: have every—the Cowboys should be 9-3, and 10-2, or the whatever. Cowboys issue is Jason Garrett. The Cowboys yeah. issue is a, a purely coaching issue. I think Jerry Jones, for the longest time, didn't want to admit that that was the case. They clearly have a very good relationship. But, hey, man, you know. Business is business. Business is business, and, and that's just as far as it goes. If you're going to treat players like it's a business and you're going to cut them for showing up late to a practice, then you should cut your coach for for being a, a dickhead. So um, that's, that's you know, simple as that. Uh, yeah,
1: I would like to interrupt this discussion real quick to let you know, Harrison, that the over in Monday Night Football just cashed.
0: That's money for us, baby.
2: Hey, big trust. Big trust, huh?
0: And and I'm up on Brent right now.
2: Hey! How about that? How Um, about
0: that? All right, well, let's um, finish up the NFL on a positive. The 0-11 Bengals are now 1-11 thanks to Andy Dalton and his return. He secured his 198th win, most all-time for Cincy. Don't know how much of an accomplishment that is for the Red Rocket, but well done. And uh, you're still sitting at the bottom there, so long way to the top. All right, let's move on to a bigger and badder bit of news here. College football. (laughs) Bama goes down. We're going to address the elephant in the room. Want to quickly get your guys' thoughts? I know we talked about Tua, his injury, what that was going to do, and what they needed to do in order to secure a spot, and they weren't able to do it. So let's hear it. Why was it not able to be done?
2: I think it's less on their offense. Uh, I think it's more on on Bama's defense and their inability to stop really anybody. Um, you know, in in this case, it was Bo Nix and the Auburn offense and a little trickery went down with Gus Malzahn playing some uh you know just pulling some tricks out of his sleeve and, and it worked uh that was you know the uh 12 men in the huddle for for Alabama or 12 defensive players on the field which gave Auburn what the first down and that that sealed the game um yeah man it, it's it isn't like the end of Alabama by any means they're still they're still a powerhouse but you lose your your top quarterback and arguably the best quarterback in the nation and and this is what happens. Mac Jones isn't a bad quarterback and they've got every bit of talent on the offensive side of the ball but if your defense can't stop anyone and you're going to a shootout this is what happens. Yeah. And you
0: don't you don't believe that they could have replicated sort of a I mean, we've seen it done before, not only by college teams, but NFL teams where they heavily rely on the offense. You know, you look at Drew Brees and the Saints, they're not by any means you know, a defensive monster, uh, but they continue to put points on the board. I think kind of to your point, to play devil's advocate, they have this fleet of receivers where the three of us could go out there and rotate and still score points. <laughs> um, and you have a team that is not that stacked when it comes to their schedule in terms of competition. And so it's kind of inexcusable to see these teams running these, these scores up on a team like Alabama. I mean, I I I, I will, I will say this
1: Um, Bama scored 40, like 41, 44 points. something crazy. Like they scored enough to win. And you saw it against LSU where they put up 40 some points and lost to LSU. That was on their defense very much so i agree a lot of this is on their defense young defense um they've been doing injuries. injuries all season so you know it was one of those years for bama where nothing really went their way but even against auburn i will i will uh disagree a bit here and stop hampering on the defense because mac jones did throw two pick sixes so you're talking True. about 14 points there that's directly on mac jones so there's that but um You know, spin zone here. I'm almost glad that Alabama lost because if they were to go into the playoffs and then lose in the playoffs, everyone would have just played the, well, they didn't have to a card. And now I just, I'm so glad that we don't have to listen to that. Yeah. It's an off year for Bama. It happens. You know, they've been perennial contenders since the inception of the college football playoff. So it's a shock to us because it's just something we haven't seen before. But, you know, this year, just, you know, the dice didn't roll in their favor. Not much else to say about that.
0: Which I think in in the long run, um, like you said, they'll be fine. It's Bama. But it's going to be really fun to watch, uh, especially this upcoming weekend. Now the door is kind of open for other teams with Bama out. I think you're going to see a much more level-headed level of competition. I'll, and some electric games to say the I'll t- least.
2: I'll tell you what. Give me give me LSU versus Ohio State, or give me death.
0: All right. Well, let's let's talk about this. So we've got the conference championship weekend. We got obviously Friday night kicking off with Utah and Oregon. But I'll, I'll let you guys kind of pick and dissect these and kind of give us your top picks and, and what you're looking forward to.
2: Tom, I don't know about you, buddy. I see the uh, we've got the games in front of us for the Power Five conferences. And the spreads. I'm happy just to go down the line, just just rattle them out, who you got with the points.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, So, I guess Friday night we're kicking off, and Oregon is playing Utah in the Pac-12 championship. Um, Utah is six-point favorites. I love Oregon here. Love Oregon. Um, And I, I think Utah has one of the more balanced teams on paper. But I think in part of that is their schedule, and they really haven't played anybody. I think Oregon will be by far their biggest threat, and I think you know Justin Herbert is a guy that went back to Oregon this year rather than going to the draft last year because he wanted to win a championship. Um, Oregon, a two-loss team now, they're not going to get in, and so the most fitting way for him to end his career will be with a Pac-12 championship and kicking out Utah out of the playoff contention.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with that pick. Um for every reason. It's it's funny that we're friends, you know. Hey, that's Makes no good sense. for us. We're either gonna win uh, together or we're gonna lose together. That's right. That's the way I like it. I don't like I don't like going against you very much. Um well, I imagine
0: so, you guys will probably agree on this next one then.
2: Yeah, uh well it's Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Ohio State is absolutely one thousand percent juggernaut status um everyone's saying they got three heisman contenders on their squad that'd be jk dobbins justin fields and chase young
3: going against wisconsin
2: and and 16 and a half point favorites going against wisconsin and jonathan taylor who is more or less the entirety of that offense i like shocker pick here i like ohio state with the points wisconsin coming off a nice win versus minnesota didn't see that one coming with that being said we've said it pretty much all year I don't really know who Wisconsin is. Like I don't know what their identity is. If Jonathan Taylor isn't pushing the ball downfield and, and isn't getting that momentum, they're pretty much, you know, shot to shit. So yeah. I'm going to Ohio State -16.5. I I don't
1: know this is not a spot. Like this is not the time to fade Ohio State. My my only issue with this spread is what if Jonathan Taylor can run the ball effectively. And, you know, you just limit Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't looked great. You know, they were very dominant. And then, you know, the Penn State game, yeah, given it was on the road, but they didn't really dominate. And and then they blow Michigan out. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck it. I I can't fade Ohio State right now, especially when, you know, they need to make a statement of – we deserve to be number one because nobody wants to be number two right now and draw Clemson. That is fact, which we'll we'll get to that in a bit. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ohio State in a last-ditch effort, you know, win by as much as possible to show everybody that we are the best team and that we don't have to play Clemson in the, you know, New Year's Six game.
0: Well, major game uh, this weekend to watch for sure. And that is the Georgia versus LSU matchup, Harry. I know that you already showed your cards in in uh, favor for LSU, but I'll kick it over to you to start in uh, your thoughts on this game.
2: Yeah, so interesting game. LSU is a seven and a half point favorite. There's a one interesting little ca- caveat to this to this line, the the game overall, and that it's being played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is in Georgia, in Atlanta. So Georgia's going to have the home field advantage here. I, it just it's this is another one. LSU is so similar to Ohio State, but Georgia's like this is their last ditch effort to get into the playoff. They have to at least play LSU close to even get a look into the playoff. Um, uh, just, this is, this one's tough too because, high because uh, I think it's too I think high it's I think it's high. I think it's a lot. It's a lot of points. But, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Georgia plus seven and a half. Yes. Losing by, yes, losing by a touchdown. Let's go. And uh, I just think that I think they have to put everything out there, put all their chips on the table because they don't have another choice. I'm with it. I'm
1: with it, Harrison. Three for three. Uh, for all the reasons you said, this is do or die for Georgia. Uh, you know, the final moment for Jake Fromm and a team that's just been over kind of overlooked and overshadowed because of LSU's success um this defense is legit this defense probably has six guys that will be playing on Sunday next year and they are by far the best defense LSU has seen all season um I just I don't know I, 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 I for all those reasons being basically more of a home game for them uh the experience George has been here before yeah I'm rolling I'm rolling with the dogs to at least keep it within seven. Rolling with the dogs. The
2: only thing I'm interested in seeing about that line is as we get closer to game time, if everyone starts hopping on LSU, if that line will push to like eight, nine points.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to take it until kickoff just for that reason. I'm trying to get as many points as possible. But if, yeah. it dip, if it dips down, I'll probably hop on it soon.
0: So I saw that you had mentioned this further down, um, but I do want to highlight it just because we're talking about the game. With a good loss to LSU, parentheses around the good for those of you who are listening, does Georgia still get in? Uh, I think that's very dependent. I think if
1: Baylor beats Oklahoma and Oregon beats Utah, then we can talk about Georgia's still getting in. But then we're talking about another 2 lost team, and then that will cycle Bama back into the consideration. And it's like, well, if Bama lost to Auburn and LSU and Georgia lost to LSU and South Carolina, well, then who has the better resume? So, unfortunately, because of all the politics involved with the whole Bama situation, I don't think Georgia gets in unless they win. That is the only, okay.
0: only option they have. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Well, let's move down the line here. This seems uh, to be pretty uh, easily decided. But Clemson at a twenty-eight and a half favorite versus Virginia.
2: Um, <laughs> call me a sucker. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Clemson on this. I think they're just far and away better than any team in the ACC. Uh, Virginia has looked good at times and they've looked bad at other times inconsistency. And I just expect Clemson to exploit them pretty handily and, uh, and run up the score to show everybody. Cause maybe they're trying to sneak into that number two spot if they can. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I, it, I don't know if you saw the press conference, but Dabo Sweeney went off after last week's game saying, you know, the college football playoff committee doesn't give us our respect <laughs> They don't want us in here, this, that, and the third. And he's got a point. Like, this team has won 27 consecutive
0: games dating back three seasons. That's almost unprecedented. No, I was going to say, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I think, you know, we talked about this last year with UCF, and granted, you know, completely different ballpark in terms of, of level of play and everything, but, you know, Richard Sherman said it best: You only can play the teams that are on your schedule, but it,
2: it's different I in know, the NFL. I don't
0: know how I don't know how tough you are when you know you talk that talk and you play teams that you just continuously steamroll through. And granted, like you said, twenty-seven wins—that's not an easy feat by any means. But I just think you know when it comes down to it, and you look at an LSU or or Georgia, you know, or an Alabama, um, it, you know, I just see a, a kind of there is a lot of space there's a gap in terms of you know athleticism and and productivity and success i don't know maybe i'm just biased but
2: Clemson's got it all and they're going to cover 20 they're going to cover four touchdowns oh i
0: i don't doubt that at all i just i i speak on kind of you know Dabo and and him speaking about being Screwed by the politics and everything, and I get that. But at the end of He's the day, just doing you it know, to if you play the troops, if you put Clemson just against everything they need to or cover twenty LSU points. nine times out of ten, I think they lose to Virginia. No, 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 no. A Clemson team versus a Bama or a Georgia or an LSU.
2: I think. I think last year's national championship game speaks. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, to say yeah. the least.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you're right.
2: But in any case, let's get to this last game. Interesting Oklahoma, game. Baylor. Oklahoma eight point favorites versus Baylor. Not exactly sure where this is being played. If I had to guess, it's probably it at Jerry World.
1: AT&T Stadium.
2: Um in Dallas, which doesn't really favor either team. I don't even know where the fuck Baylor is, but um it's
0: still Texas.
2: Yeah, it's true. In any case, you know Oklahoma needs a statement win. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I do think Oklahoma wins this game. I also think they cover eight points.
1: Yeah, this is this is a bit of a toss-up here, just because these two teams played a few weeks ago and Baylor was up like thirty-one to three or like twenty-eight to three at half, and Oklahoma shut them out in the second half. I think they only scored like three points in the second half and Oklahoma made a monster comeback. And this game is probably the most important game because I really want to see Jalen Hurts get back into things. I really want to see Jalen Hurts in the college football playoff because he is just as explosive as Joe Burrow or, you know, pick your player, your favorite player on every other team. Jalen Hurts is all of that. He's done it on this stage already. He's the most experienced of all four quarterbacks. Um, and this is just an Oklahoma offense. It's in their nature. It's in their blood to score. Lincoln Riley, I think, has the most points scored like as a, a head coach since his tenure began at Oklahoma. Um, being said, though, I think eight points is just a little too much given how the last game played out. Baylor had it locked up and they very much just let it slip away. I don't think Baylor does that again and uh, I don't know, while Oklahoma may win I think 8 is just a little too large of a spread for me to get on board with
0: so we, Suit um, yourself We mentioned it before, just kind of the hypothetics and two lost teams but um, should the winner of Oklahoma Baylor or Utah get in? For uh, so we're assuming if Georgia, Georgia loses here, right? Yeah, uh, Georgia loses. Yes, correct.
1: Uh, well, if Oklahoma wins, I think they have a, a an argument over Utah, just given the whole Pac-12 versus Big 12. Uh, I think the, the Big 12 is a little you know, more stacked at the top, and Oklahoma would finish the season uh with three wins in four games over ranked opponents which is something that utah cannot say so just given strength of schedule and the eye test the more battle tested team i'll take the winner well i don't think baylor will get in if they win but they'll play spoiler i guess so to speak um so i think we're really just talking about oklahoma and utah here so grimes what do you think
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, actually, I, I could see Baylor getting in. It'd have to be a very convincing win over Oklahoma. I think Utah. I think it's the same holds true for Utah. I think they have to have a convincing win. And this is also contingent on if Georgia loses by like three points, six points, they're still very much in, in the in the conversation. And that still goes back to that UCF debate, right? Where UCF was undefeated and like a two-loss team gets in over them because the two-loss team is losing to teams that are number one in the country, number two in the country, what have you. Um, I think the most likely to get in out of those three is Oklahoma with a win over Baylor and a Georgia loss. You know, I think it's probably the most likely. And I think honestly, I know that I I took uh, Georgia with the points, but I think. The most likely scenario is Georgia losing, Oklahoma winning, Oklahoma getting the number four spot in the playoff. Yeah, for sure.
1: For
0: sure. Um, Alrighty, well, if that is it, we can close out college football unless you have any last-minute input, segments, thoughts, ideas. Good shit. All right, let's move on to buzzer beaters, close things out. Harrison, what do you got for us?
2: Yeah, I just want to make a quick shout out. I was in New Jersey over the weekend, uh, hanging out with one of my good friends uh, who was in town from San Francisco, and he let me know um, that he was at dinner recently with my old roommate and my old roommate's father, and and during a conversation at the dinner table, we we're just like, hey guys, like how's Harrison doing, like you know, and they're like, oh yeah, he's doing well, like really, like in New York, and he goes, I gotta tell you, I. I listen to End of Regulation every day going to work and every day going home. And so, with that being said, uh, to Jack Stapleton, I just want to say thank you for for continuing uh, your faith in End of Regulation, and and you know we'll we'll make sure this train keeps uh, keeps chugging along for you. And uh, thanks for tuning in.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. Super powerful. I love that. Anytime somebody reaches out, you know, you love to hear it. My my cousin actually reached out and said he listens same situation to and fro work, so if that's your thing, keep on doing it um and he said that we should start putting in sound bites from people's voicemails uh funny voicemails, weird voicemails um as a little bit of a segment so
2: hey hey man I'm down to if if someone wants to hop on the phone and just come in for a segment or two and and just you know spit their knowledge whatever it might be then i'm all for it
0: spit hot fire you know we're
2: we're we're here for the people baby
0: yeah all right tommy what do you got for us uh on the note of shouting
1: out listeners that we found out about on thanksgiving uh john bachman all the way out in san francisco as well uh thank you for listening very much
0: thank you very much well as always we appreciate you joining us here tonight if you're not already make sure to go and Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Additionally, we need you to go now to our bio, click the link, subscribe on iTunes iTunes, and Spotify so that you can stay up to date with our weekly released episodes. We will not disappoint, I promise you. And to play us out here tonight, today, 1983, Action Bronson was born, so we're going to play you out with we'll little action Bronson. Later. It's
3: me, it's me. you Uh-huh. Come sell cold walk with a cane. Flex the green portion of rain. Cash me at the mall with your dame. But nah, I ain't buying shit. She's shrinking Five pairs of four white ass and some Scotty Pippins. Bitches be basic and they ain't shit. At least I'm famous and I ain't shit. Well, my mother loves me, I'm a baby. We still drive each other crazy. my man needs a liver, bought it off of eBay. He started snorting Pepsi, now we got a fiend's face. I pregame before the pregame. I let my chicken go, give her free range. This is Jericho, no Jerry Curl. Put the pedal to the metal, make the Chevy twirl. Peace to my man, Sean Allstate I put a hundred K on army versus Bulls. So Why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it is You gotta raise your kids I just wanna be a normal person But I'm special and I understand That you wanna see me rappin' through the running man But why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it is Why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it is Why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it is is. And you wonder why my mind is filled with crazy shit day, I'm disgusting you but mean. I'm honest to some, baby, clear your sinus mean. I had to take a shit inside the diner you So mean. I pulled the Rover over, leather shoulder like Israeli soldiers Cash me butt naked in the green you Buick mean. Huey Lewis in the news drinking 22's Uh, thinking back when I was 22 you And I didn't have the stunning do Light skin, dark skin, no skin, bitch I'm running you through, then eat the honeydew I'm running with the money crew Five closets full of running shoes and I ain't running Duke My girl jealous because she knows that I'm in love with you My name Lebrons and I got the Yeti You get ride for your Chetty Whisper instructions to my console Yeti Big shoddy like a Yeti Fuck the world, tatted on the belly Yo, why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it is You gotta raise your kids I just wanna be a normal person But I'm special and I understand that you wanna see me rapping through the running man But why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it is Why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it you know, is Why you gotta be like that? That's just the way it and is And you wonder why my mind is filled with crazy shit how, you, how, you, how, you how are those grapes? They're from, <laughs> they're from Estonia. They're from Estonia. They're from, they're from Latvia. From they're from Uzbekistan. I'm big in Bulgaria, right? Mm-hmm. I hit number He's one number one in Bulgaria. in Bulgaria right now. He's yeah, number one in Bulgaria. One at-